It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic Podcast, NFL greats can come from anywhere, from colleges great and small, not just drafted in the first two rounds, and some not drafted at all. How do you like that, Dr. Seuss? You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr., All right, all right, all right. Let's get this show started. It's late, and I took a long time preparing for this show. I literally did not know what I wanted to do, and I'm trying to be one of those one, two, three show ahead type prepare people. But look, it's like the NFL. It's week to week. You hear that a lot today. NFL historians, this is not for you. This show isn't for, the, for those who know everything. This is for those who don't know as much. So we're here to enlighten, but please correct me if I am ever wrong. I'm always here to learn. It's the Behind the Mic Podcast presented by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network, presented by Belly Up Sports. BellyUpSports.com. Check us out. You can hear this show as well as others on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. So this show has the potential to go a little long today. I'm not sure, but we're going to get right to what we all like to call during the NFL season, the rundown. Okay, let's get this out of the way first. Thursday night football, Washington beat the New York Giants on Thursday night, 30 to 29. Can you blame Dexter Lawrence of the New York Giants for jumping offsides on Dustin Hopkins' first missed game-winning field goal? I guess... Of course, Hopkins got a second chance and he made it. It doesn't excuse three things. One, the New York Giants had 11 penalties. 11. One of those by Lawrence that finished the Giants and ended the game. Two, Darius Slayton's drop that would have put the G-men up 30-20 to 20 in the fourth quarter, that is. And three, the fact that Saquon Barkley had 46 yards on his first four carries. Okay, I understand. 41 of them were on one play. But he was getting warmed up. But his next nine, 
got him 16 yards the rest of the night. The Giants cannot run the football, and Daniel Jones actually led them with 95 yards. Come Sunday, though, a lot of injuries, especially at the quarterback position. Some came back, and some didn't. Chicago, the Bears hosted the Cincinnati Bengals. Bears won. Whoopee! Andy Dalton, facing his former team, is actually playing well when he comes up lame on a run. He's going out of bounds. He hurt his knee. In comes Justin Fields. He didn't look as good. Didn't. Defense showed up, though. They picked off Joe Burrow on three consecutive passes on one at one point, and one of which was returned 53 yards for a touchdown by Roquan Smith. More fantasy points for Mike. That's right. Okay, Baker Mayfield. I hope you learned your hard-headed lesson. Do not. I repeat, do not attempt to tackle the defender that has picked you off anymore. You throw an interception, stay out of the way. You're the franchise quarterback. They had to pop his shoulder back in the socket. I thought something was bad. Well, when you seen, if you saw the play, him trying to tackle his, thank God it was his non-throwing shoulder, but good God, man, that looked like that hurt. Tyrod Taylor, the former Brown starter who was benched in former of that first pick, Baker Mayfield, of the uh, of the draft that year, had the Houston Texans offense humming for a second straight week until he hurt his hamstring. And that was, after that, it was all Browns. The Browns had that game. 31-21 was the final. Rams at Colts. Peyton Manning and Edron James showed up in their gold jackets, which was sweet. Los Angeles won the game. Matt Stafford, he injured the thumb on his throwing hand, throwing a pass on the helmet of DeForest Buckner. How many times have we seen that? I think we've seen that before with Matthew Stafford when he was still in Detroit. But he finished the game. Carson Wentz, though, I'm beginning to believe is made out of wet tissue paper. He hurt his ankle. I think he'll be ready for the Titans next week, though. All right, moving on. Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins. Wasn't much of a game. It was 35 to nothing. But especially since Tua Tagovailoa got knocked out of the game on only the second drive. I think it was the third sack of the game already. Two drives, you gave up three sacks. He was knocked out of the game on that second drive, and he got carted off the field. Tried to walk off the field, couldn't do it. Injured ribs, seriously bruised ribs. Hopefully he gets better. Last week, the Cardinals and the Panthers baptized New York Jets rookie quarterback Zach Wilson. This week, Belichick and the Patriots, they tried to drown the man. Wilson was sacked four times and he threw four picks. And his first two passes that he threw were picked off as a matter of fact. That's bad. Pats win. It was a sellout crowd at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia for the Eagles' 17-11 loss to the 49ers on Sunday. I read that there was some disrespect with the Rocky Balboa statue, though, on the part of some 49ers fans. Y'all may need to check that out. Now to the game I really don't want to talk about. I honestly thought the Pittsburgh, the Steelers had a shot until Henry Ruggs III caught a bomb that put the game away for good. And it didn't help that T.J. Watt got hurt. He hurt his groin. I actually hurt mine this weekend, too. I think it has something to do with my underwear. TMI? I'm sorry. Also, Tyson Alulu, he went down, hurt as well. The Steelers' offense still does not look that great. But 
the Raiders on both sides of the ball, especially after these first two weeks, they actually look really good. Nice job, Chucky. Jameis Winston and the Saints got on the struggle bus this week, though, against the Carolina Panthers. After that five-touchdown performance in the blowout against the Packers last week, Jameis threw two picks and zero touchdowns. And Alvin Kamara had a total of five yards rushing. On the Panthers' side, Sam Darnold, he continues to thrive, throwing for over 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns in their 26-7 win against New Orleans. And I know it's just two games, but it's kind of nice being sent out to battle with more than just a pea shooter. Darnold finally has some weapons, some weapons, real weapons. I told you the Broncos have a quarterback. According to ESPN.com, Teddy Bridgewater joins Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and <clears throat> Jeff George as the only quarterbacks in NFL history to begin the NFL season with consecutive games, throwing at least two touchdown passes and zero picks and have a 75% completion percentage. He throws for over three bills and Denver beats the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, and Cortland Sutton had a career day, 159 yards on nine grabs. There was a thriller in Atlanta and Kirk Cousins and Kyler Murray, they lit up the scoreboard. But once again, it came down to a missed kick, kick for the Vikings, Greg Joseph. Arizona 34, Minnesota 33. The Atlanta Falcons made it interesting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday, and then Tom Brady went off. Brady throws five touchdowns in a 48-25 win. And if you think that that vampire is retiring anytime soon, don't hold your breath. Don't. Dallas Cowboys, they beat the LA Chargers, and Dak Prescott didn't even throw a touchdown to do it. The Cowboys' run game looks a whole lot better, this week at least. But Zeke, you might need to start looking over your shoulder just a smidgen, just a little bit. Tony Pollard looks good. I'm just saying, I'll leave it alone. Now, Mike Vrabel and the entire Tennessee Titans organization should walk around in ski masks this entire week because they stole a game. There's no way you are supposed to make that many mistakes and still win a football game. Giving up sacks, dropping passes, penalties. You're not supposed to do all that and still win a football game. But it does happen. Titans fans, I told you don't jump off the Jefferson Street Bridge. I told you that last week. But beware, you can't keep doing that. Yeah, you went to Seattle and you beat the Seahawks. Don't pump your shit. Uh, don't thump your chest. And that's not going to happen again. On the bright side, Derrick Henry, he carried you all the way to the finish line. Good to see that big robot run the football. Fourth down and two. John Harbaugh, Sunday Night Football. You could read his lips, too. He says to Lamar Jackson, Lamar, you want offense? Okay, let's go. Kansas City Chiefs, they're out of timeouts, and hopeful Baltimore will put the ball back, you know, will punt it back to him with like a minute and 11 left. Lamar Jackson runs for a first down. Ball game. I felt the whole time that Baltimore had left too much time on the clock. Kansas City would surely win that game with three minutes and change left. But Clyde Edwards Hilaire fumbled the football. Great play by the defensive player for the Baltimore Ravens on that last drive. That would have it, it, it ended, you know, a great Sunday night matchup. Great. So are you still well, not not just you people out there. I am still trying to get used to this slick back, long-haired Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I'm trying to get used to that these days. But anyway, the Packers did their thing on Monday Night Football last night. 
and A.A. Ron tossed four touchdown passes to beat the Detroit Lions. This is why the NFL is a week-to-week league. The NFL is the NFL. One week you can get embarrassed at home and get the crap beat out of you and give up six sacks, and then the next week you can still make a lot of mistakes and turn around and beat the Seattle Seahawks. You can look terrible on Monday Night Football against the Raiders, then turn around Sunday night, a couple nights later, and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And you can even beat down the, the league's MVP and he doesn't even throw a touchdown pass. And then you turn around and not throw one yourself and get, get trashed the next week. That's the NFL. All right. In the words of Scott Van Pelt, sports happen. All right. Look, coming up next, I don't watch DVDs anymore. But Walmart, they have some good ones for a really nice price. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Okay, how many movies did you find when you did watch DVDs, those who, you know, don't watch DVDs anymore, which is like 99.9% of the world, how many of those good movies did you find in the $5 movie being at uh, Walmart? I mean, I can name them because the ones that I love, you have like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Big Trouble in the Little China, Die Hard, Die Hard 1, 2. I didn't watch the other ones. I didn't like, well, I watched them. I didn't like the rest of the Die Hards. But that DVD, yeah. Bill the Hero's Cop, one, two, or three. Beetlejuice, Home Alone, Pretty Woman. I never watched The Sound of Music, but it was in there, okay? And always in there was the color purple. We bought it that way years ago. It's the Walmart bargain bin. Great value for like five bucks, man. Of course, there are some terrible movies in that giant bin as well, but you can always find some really good ones. You have to fish for them. And sometimes you just happen to grab the right one. Same goes for late round NFL draft picks, past and present. What the question is, what is their journey? What was was their journey? And also keep in mind that not everybody gets drafted. But when you come out of high school, you have one star versus five stars. 
the five stars and the four stars, they go to the big schools, all right, the power five schools. And then some of the other guys, they end up somewhere else falling through the cracks. Maybe because they didn't get enough shine. Maybe because of the school that they went to. They're athletes and they're really good at what they do, but because of the high school they went to, they don't get showcased or they don't get that same opportunity, right? So what's the process these days? Yeah, they sit down and have press conferences at their local high schools. They have hats that they're going to put on. And there are a lot of great high schools that you can go to. Now, these high schools, just a list that I compiled because I love keeping up with the recruiting in college football. Basketball, not so much, but football recruiting, I love it. And these are some of my favorite high schools just throughout the years that I remember and that I'm that, that are notable. So you have that, and not necessarily that the NFL players go to these high schools, some have, but these are the ones who produce the college talent, okay? In Maryland, you have like DeMantha, Hoover in Alabama. In Florida, you have St. Thomas, Aquinas, IMG Academy, Miami Central and Northwestern. Grayson High School in Georgia. Here in Tennessee, we have Maryville, Ensworth, Brentwood Academy, Oakland, NBA. In Kentucky, there's a school that I still exist, obviously. But in high school, I remember when we had to scrimmage them at Vanderbilt on that carpet they called fake grass artificial turf. And they have an army for a football team. I swear they had like four football teams that got off that bus or buses, excuse me, Trinity. Y'all know what I'm talking about, Trinity in Kentucky. Then there's in Nevada, there's Bishop Gorman. I don't know who else saw this, but I think last Friday night, I believe it was, I don't know the name of the school. Their quarterback was limping and everything in the fourth quarter. And at least at one point of, of the drives that you saw, I saw it on social media, Bishop Gorman was up 24 to 7 with like a minute and 40 something to go. And they lost the football game. The team came back. They instead of going for the tie, they went for the two at the end. They got a couple onside kicks. So that's par partially how they did it. But man, I couldn't believe that happened. Texas, West Lake, South Lake Carroll, and where Kyler Murray went to high school, Allen. In Ohio, you have St. Xavier, Washington. In uh, was at Massillon, Ohio, Moeller and McKinley. There's Jinx in Oklahoma. And then my favorite, actually, my favorite they've kept up with was you know, the, all the high schools that's in California. Here's a couple of them uh, Modern Day, St. John Bosco, De La Salle, who had a 10 year run where they didn't even lose a football game, Long Beach Poly, Oaks Christian, Centennial, Mission Vale. Servite and Narbonne, these guys produce, the, these programs produce a lot of great talent. And then there's the colleges. I mean, the list is obviously smaller. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Miami, Penn State, Georgia, and Michigan. These are the schools that are pumping out the NFL talent for the most part. Then you have the, other, the smaller schools as well. But many of the NFL superstars today, they weren't even taken in the first round. I know everybody wants to be taken in the first round. They want to walk out on the red carpet when their name is called with their $5,000 suit and the chain that weighs more than a car, slap on the hat and bro hug the commissioner. I totally get it. But as far as the late round picks, I think that there's something to that. The fact that they were taken so low 
is motivating. Very, very motivating. Some were probably expecting to be taken higher. Take Aaron Rodgers, for example. Very little interest out of high school because he was 5'10 at one point. He ended up playing community college ball before moving on to Cal Berkeley. And he established himself as a pretty good quarterback in college. Then came the 2005 NFL Draft. He was supposed to be drafted number one by the San Francisco 49ers. At least that was his expectation from his dream team. Instead, he fell all the way towards the end of the first round after the 49ers selected with the top pick, top pick Alex Smith. Now, Alex Smith, he had a decent NFL career. It was prematurely ended. You know, he had the broken leg. He was out of football for a while. It was beautiful seeing him come back with the Washington football team. But he ended up retiring uh, before this season began. But meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers has been one of the best quarterbacks of all time. One of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. And it's been greatness, you know, for A.A. Ron. And if you don't know by now that he was motivated by that draft day in that quote-unquote snub, you have not been paying attention. Some of the best players of all time didn't come out of the Big Ten, the SEC, any of those Power, power Five schools, or even Notre Dame. They came from elsewhere. And if they went to a big-time school, they were drafted low. Take Tom Brady. Everybody knows about Tom Brady. All right, raise your hand. What pick was he? 199. What round? The sixth round. And, of course, I remember hearing his draft day story, how he was falling, and I've heard this before. And he left the room, and I believe he was crying or whatnot, and he was fuming because he wasn't drafted and you know, out of Michigan. He fell to that sixth round, and he's obviously made up in his mind that he was going to dedicate his life to being the greatest quarterback that he absolutely could be. And <laughs> since all of that happened, the man has been to 10 Super Bowls. He's got seven Super Bowl rings and basically has established himself as the greatest quarterback of all time. Period. And I told you earlier that vampire is not retiring anytime soon. Don't let him fool you. I don't know if he's really going to retire after this season. But he keeps throwing touchdowns like this. Uh, I'll just leave that there. Last night was Monday Night Football. Packers-Lions. Aaron Jones. He was a fifth-round pick out of UTEP. Do you know where that school is? The University of Texas, El Paso. He was under the radar. He's one of those gems that you find in that bargain bin. In 2019 and 2020 combined, he's had, from scrimmage, 3,017 yards and 30 total touchdowns. After last year, he signed a four-year, $48 million extension. And last night, he scored four touchdowns. I, I, whoever had him in fantasy, you had a good day, a very good day. But here's some other examples. We're going to start a little older, kind of go back and forth, kick the music. Bar Star, he was drafted in 1956 in the 17th round. That's back when they had 20-plus rounds in the draft. They had a lot of rounds in the draft, rather. Now, Bar Star, we know what he turned into once, you know, Vince Lombardi got there. And in 1959, they won all these championships, including three in a row and the first two Super Bowls. He won Super Bowl MVP twice. He went to four Pro Bowls, played 15 years with the Packers, and then he retired in 1971. 
was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame his first year of eligibility in 1973. Johnny Unitas, he was a ninth round pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've talked about this before in 1955. They, they ended up trading him away in 56 to the Baltimore Colts. The rest is history. He finished his career three-time NFL champ, three-time NFL MVP, 10-time Pro Bowler, and a Pro Football Hall of Famer to sum up his 18-year career. Another quarterback, Roger Staubach. He was drafted in the 10th round. Pick 129 in 1964. He won the Heisman for the Naval Academy. Well, obviously, he wasn't good enough to be picked in the first round. And, of course, if you know anything about Roger Staubach's story, he had some Naval commitment that he had to fulfill before he started his NFL career. He didn't start his NFL career until 1969 at the age of 27 years old. And once he got there, two Super Bowl titles, he won the MVP and the Cowboys' first ever championship in Super Bowl VI, that is. And speaking of six, that's the number of Pro Bowl selections he had. And he also made the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 85, College Football Hall of Fame in 1981. Joe Theismann, another uh, NFC East quarterback. He was a fourth rounder. He spent, he almost was the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, by the way. A handshake away is what I read. I, I knew about that, but I read, I didn't know he was a handshake away. It was going to be a handshake agreement. It never did happen. He went to the CFL for three years. 1974, he ended up with the Washington football team. Played 11 years with them. And back-to-back -back Super Bowl appearances in 83 and 84. And just when his career was finally taken off there towards the end, it all ended on national television on Monday Night Football. Four words. Lawrence Taylor, broken leg. What good career. Honorable mention. Just some newer guys that came along in the 90s. Mark Brunel. Brad Johnson, Rich Gannon, Matt Hasselbeck. These quarterbacks were selected in rounds five, nine, four, and Hasselbeck was a sixth rounder. Three of these guys have been to the, uh, the Super Bowl. Brad Johnson and Rich Gannon, they played against each other. Mark Brunel had some really good success with the expansion Jacksonville Jaguars and even got them to the in a, uh, AFC Championship game. I think it was in 1996, I believe so. Then there's Uncle Club Shay Shay, Shannon Sharp. I love this dude on Undisputed. I really do. But we're not talking about that today. He was a seventh round pick out of Savannah State at HBCU, by the way, by the Denver Broncos in 1990. 14 years later, he retired as the greatest tight end of all time. And he was a Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee in 2011. Of course, at the time he was drafted, everybody knew more about his brother, Mr. Pro Bowler himself, Sterling Sharp with the Green Bay Packers who came out of the SEC. He, Sterling went to South Carolina. I think it was a neck injury that ended Sterling Sharp's career prematurely. And I thought, I really did like him on ESPN when he joined them. But Shannon's career was brilliant. He caught 815 passes for over 10,000 yards. He was named first team All-Pro four times. And he was a three-time Super Bowl ring winner. He's got three rings. Three rings. Now, going backwards, and this man also played with the Washington football team. But Ken Houston, who was a safety, drafted in the ninth round out of Prairie View A&M by the Houston Oilers. My goodness. Well, that year, in 67, when he was drafted, there was a joint draft between the NFL and the AFL to kind of cool things off with the 
the covert things that they were doing trying to steal players from one another but this man's interception numbers look more like a game for a wide receiver and if he picked you off he was taking it to the house check this out in 1967 through 1971 okay these are the interceptions that he had and the yards that he had and the touchdowns from 60s i'm gonna read each one four for 151 two touchdowns five for 160 yards two touchdowns four for 87 yards and a touchdown and in 70 he had only three picks for 32 yards but this is ridiculous in 71 he picked off nine passes for 220 yards and four touchdowns you've got to be kidding me that that is sick and he was traded in 73 to the washington football team for i believe five players he didn't have any more pick sixes but he was still picking people off all you need to know is he was a pro football hall of famer Richard Dent, we come bringing it home to Nashville, Tennessee. The great Chicago Bear defensive end. Super Bowl 20 MVP. He was named first or second all-team pro, all-pro, excuse me, four times. All-NFC, five times. Four Pro Bowls. He finished his career with 137 and a half career sacks. Inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2011. Not bad for an eighth-round pick out of T-S-U, Tennessee State University. Now, this next guy, Terrell Davis, he was one of my favorite running backs to always watch. Davis actually started his college career at Long Beach State, which eventually eliminated their football program. He was actually coached at the time, though, by Pro Football Hall of Fame coach George Allen. Then he transfers to the University of Georgia, and Georgia fans know about this guy. He was the backup for none other than Garrison Hurst. The problem as to why he was selected in the sixth round, once he ended up getting the job, I think in 93, he ended up with the starting job after Hurst was gone to the 49ers. The problem as to why he was selected in the sixth round of the NFL draft in 95 was that he was injury prone. Of course, we know that that kind of followed him into the league and and he had that knee injury towards the end of his career that limited him to only 78 games, though he still made the Pro Football Hall of Fame preseason story uh, man it was it was really interesting to hear this but the dude didn't even think he was going to make the team he was the sixth running back he was sixth on the depth chart as far as the running backs i think it was during a preseason game in tokyo the man's eating a hot dog on the sidelines and he ends up going in he's like oh, well you know let me just go out here and make this tackle and the tackle was so good he ended up making the team eventually he was elevated to the starting running back He's the fourth player in history, NFL history, to rush for 2,000 yards in a season in 1998. He was the MVP of Super Bowl 32, had a buck 57 and three touchdowns. Keep in mind, in that game, he lost his sight because he had migraines so bad towards the end of halftime. He even ran a fake play uh, for them to, to score, I think, before halftime, I believe it was. And the man could not see. Sight came back. And he proceeded to uh, put it on the Green Bay Packers, who were favored in that game. He was all pro three times, and he ran for over, in his career, 7,607 yards, 60 touchdowns. And he was named to the 1990s NFL All-Decade team. And he's the Denver Broncos all-time leading rusher. I'm going to wrap it with this. 
this segment. The 49ers, they just know how to draft receivers. I'm gonna start with Dwight Clark, a 10th round pick who caught a total of 11 passes his senior year at Clemson. How did he make it to the NFL? Well, Bill Walsh, if you watch any of those NFL uh, films like I do, Dwight Clark actually tells the story how, I mean, he was roommates with quarterback Steve Fuller. Bill Walsh is calling for Steve Fuller at the dorms and Clark just happens to be grabbing his golf bag or something like that and he's heading out. He answers the phone and he's looking for Steve Fuller. He gets invited to the workout because Fuller is an NFL prospect and he liked what he saw during the workout because Fuller's throwing the football to Clark. Clark gets get some attention from Walsh. Walsh wants to see film. Now that year he caught 11 passes that whole year and, and he had to show him film where he caught two passes because all the other games he only caught one pass. There was one game I think against North Carolina he caught two passes and he made it into the league. Of course, you know, the, the whole thing after that is he ended up being a 49er for some years. He was the favorite receiver for Joe Montana. The catch and all that. Hated that he passed away, I believe, in 2018 of ALS. Um, great receiver for the 49ers. I think he's in the Hall of Fame uh, for the, the, the 49ers Hall of Fame. Of course, Jerry Rice, on the other hand, probably caught 11 passes in a half at Mississippi Valley State. Now, he was, elect, uh, he was selected in the first round coming out of a small HBCU. Another Bill Walsh story. Basically, he's he's in a hotel room relaxing. He sees the Saturday night highlights of college football. And there he sees Willie Totten throwing, Willie Satellite Totten throwing to World. That's what they called Jerry Rice because there was nothing in the world he couldn't catch. And World caught about three or four touchdowns that day. And he moved up in the draft in 85 to select Jerry Rice. They had the last pick, I think, or the next to last pick. They had just won the Super Bowl the year before. And that was that great 15-1 49ers team. They beat the Dolphins that year. They had the last pick, I believe. They moved up to 16 to select Jerry Rice in the first round. That was, I mean, and basically, <laughs> you, you selected the greatest wide receiver of all time. I don't need to tell you anything else. So a year later in 86, the 49ers drafted yet another wide receiver. This one in the third round in 1986. Wide receiver and kick returner John Taylor out of yet another HBCU, Delaware State. Now, I don't have a great story to tell you about how Taylor was drafted, but all you need to know, he was the steady starter on the other side of Jerry Rice, and he was just as dangerous. He was an elite punt returner in college and in the pros, set Super Bowl records in Super Bowl 23 in Miami in return yards and average. And he also caught Joe Montana's the only catch of the game for him, by the way, that 10-yard touchdown. That was the game winner again to beat the Bengals. Then there's the controversial Terrell Owens. If you get past the sit-ups in the driveway and the celebrations, all right, you old heads, the dude was an athlete. At UT Chattanooga, T.O. played football, yeah, but he also ran track and was on the basketball team, and I believe he played in the NCAA tournament that year. They, uh, one year that they were um, uh, that he was on the team. The football team stunk though, and he was kind of punished for that because he dropped to the third round in '96. The year I graduated, as a wide receiver, he was the epitome of greatness. As a wide receiver, 
during his Hall of Fame career. He led the NFL in touchdown receptions three times. He was a six-time Pro Bowler, a five-team first-team All-Pro. And yeah, he ranks third all-time in NFL history in receiving, but that's not all. He's the only player in NFL history to score a touchdown against all 32 teams, score two or more touchdowns against all 32 NFL teams, have at least, at least 800 yards receiving with five different teams, and have 150 yards receiving with five NFL teams, and have a 200-yard receiving game with three different NFL teams. The numbers go on and on, and so has this segment, so it's time for a break. I'm just getting it started, and I know for a fact I won't be able to get to all of these players, but coming up next, there is some respect that needs to be paid, and the media needs to go to the bank. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. There's a lot of disrespect in the media towards professional athletes, although some of it is merited and it's not disrespect at all because the truth is being told. But the disrespect is not realizing just how hard it is to play on that level. There's a lot of guys that run their mouth about stuff. And I believe and because they and they never played a lick of professional football. But on the other side, whether they're coaches or players, I think sometimes they forget and they run players into the ground i know the expectations are high because they are professionals i totally get that but the disrespect is just not realizing for some just how hard it is especially for fans and media let alone to even just get to that level not alone not just play but there's a respect that has to be paid to the guys that actually make it to the nfl and not only that okay they play really well once they make it in they may not win a championship, okay? They may not have a whole lot of playoff success, but the fact that they can actually play in the league, not take a snap like Nathan Peterman and throw interceptions, okay, as a quarterback. Hear me when I say that. People want to make it out as if getting to the NFL is just easy. You know why? Because it's easy to be critical of athletes when they fail. Social media, television, the shows that we have to watch and or that we watch and we listen to, I get it. And, and it's all a business and, it's, and everybody has a, an opinion, like everybody has something else. But one example that will always come to mind is former Dallas Cowboys quarterback Tony Romo, an undrafted free agent out of Eastern Illinois in 2003. He goes from that to a four-time Pro Bowler and a one-time second-team All-Pro. That's not easy. The guy 
The man showed that he could play. If it wasn't for his back getting hurt, of course, there would be no Dak yet. But <laughs> no back, no Dak. Um, the thing is, it's simply not that easy to do. So I want to dedicate this segment to the greatest undrafted players in NFL history before I wrap this thing up. This is all based in order by an article written by NFL.com senior football analyst at the time, at least, Gil Brandt. Kick it. Now, some of these players we've already talked about in the past, and even some I think I've uh, I've mentioned just in passing, but I'm going to start at the bottom and work my way to the top. There's 30 of them. I'm not going to read all of these, but I'm going to touch on a good number of them. Wes Welker. I remember watching him at Texas Tech. He played 12 years in the NFL, made five Pro Bowls, and was a two-time All-Pro. Three times he led the NFL in receptions, and he had five years with 100 or more catches. That's not easy. Go back to back in the day in 1946, the Cleveland Browns brought in Marion Motley at running back. And this dude was the main ingredient other than, you know, for, for Paul Brown, other than quarterback Otto Graham running that football. That was a big dude that ran that football, and he ran it well for nine years and two all-pro selections. And of course, the Browns started off, in, along with Motley, in the AAFC, the All-American Football Conference, before moving to the NFL in 1950. They had all of those championships in a row. So many. And he was, I think he was the second African-American to be elected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1968. Interesting. A brand-new Hall of Famer, Drew Pearson, who was a quarterback at Tulsa, switched to wide receiver, went undrafted, was picked up by the Dallas Cowboys, played 11 years, and was an All-Pro three times and made three Pro Bowls. And he played in a couple of Super Bowls and was a part of one of those that they won. He was a great receiver. How many of y'all remember Chris Howard, uh, Harris, excuse me, Chris Harris, the cornerback for the Denver Broncos? I know some people do. A two-time Pro Bowler, the guy was a shutdown level corner for a nice little bit. Let's go backwards. Larry Little, those offensive linemen, shoot, those Miami Dolphins of the 70s were built by some, some, especially their offensive line. They were, for the most part, I don't even believe not one of them was drafted originally by the Miami Dolphins and Don Shula. I don't. I, I really don't. But Larry Little, he was one of those free agents, undrafted free agents, out of Bethune-Cookman, played 14 years and was a five-time All-Pro and was one of the main reasons why Larry Zonka, you know Larry Zonka's name. There's there's no great running back without having some some really good offensive linemen unless you're, you play for the Detroit Lions in the 90s. Sorry, Barry, I hate that happened for you. And speaking of linemen, Nate Newton, undrafted, another HBCU athlete, Florida A&M. He was signed by the Dallas Cowboys. The rest is history 14 years six pro bowls two all pros he's the reason why emmy smith is emmy smith one of the main reasons why this dude was a monster on the offensive line fast forwarding to adam vinatieri undrafted out of south dakota state and the guy literally just retired the dude was almost 50 years old all right tom brady almost 50 years old and he literally as a three-time all pro won two Super Bowls with kicks. Two. Two. 
I'm just trying to tell you. I'm going backwards again. Donnie Shell, defensive back with the Pittsburgh Steelers, South Carolina State. 14 years he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, a five-time Pro Bowler and three-time All-Pro. He was a part of all four. He was a part of the Steelers dynasty, all four of those championships, period, period. Sticking with the Steelers, James Harrison. If you're not abreast of James Harrison's story, this linebacker was, he tried out and he got cut, and he tried out and he got cut, and he finally made the Steelers. <laughs> the guy was great. I don't think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame or anything like that, but he was a great linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He'll certainly be uh, in the Pittsburgh Steelers Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. He, he would definitely be doing that. And you can't forget that image of him pretty much needing to be put on a respirator after that 100-yard pick six that he had against the Arizona Cardinals. That was great. Speaking of Super Bowls, Rod Smith, Rod Smith, Missouri Southern State. He was a Denver Bronco for a very long time and retired as the Denver Broncos career leader in catches, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Two-time Super Bowl champ. That's great. And we talked about Joe Theismann. One of the Hawks got in. He's great, great, great offensive tackle. Joe Jacoby, undrafted out of Louisville. Four-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Great. Antonio Gates, tight end, Kent State, basketball player. And he finished his career with 844 receptions for 10,644 yards. And 104 touchdown catches. You know, and, and counting at the time. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. So just wait on it. We already talked about Tony Romo, but stay, sticking in the NFC, John Randall, who had to, I think he had to put chains in his shoes to make weight to try to make the team uh, for the Vikings, and he made it. Texas AM Kingsville, 14 years, six time pro, uh, all pro, seven time pro bowl, 137 career sacks in two, 219 games. You can't tell me he wasn't great. Now we got some defensive backs. Old school, Emmett Thomas out of Bishop. 13 years he played. Kansas City Chiefs, 58 career interceptions in Pro Football Hall of Famer. Cornell Green for the Dallas Cowboys. He wasn't a Hall of Famer, but undrafted and was a three-time All-Pro. And then that same backfield, Cliff Harris at safety. Played 10 years and he was a three-time All-Pro. And was on, they both played on Super Bowl, chain, uh, Super Bowl teams. And as far as those Cleveland Browns are concerned, Lou the Toe Groza, who was a kicker and an offensive tackle, played 21 years, was undrafted. Joe Perry, the first running back to run for 1,000 yards in NFL history. The first one to do it. And he was undrafted. Played for those San Francisco 49ers. And a couple more defensive backs. Willie Wood and Willie Brown playing for the Green Bay Packers and the Oakland Raiders, respectively. One out of USC, the other out of Grambling. And they both had Hall of Fame careers. It was, it was just awesome to see that. Warren Moon, we talked about him last week. I believe it was a week before last, actually. And Moon, of course, we know his story by now. He had to play six years in the CFL because he wasn't getting drafted by anyone in the NFL. They weren't letting too many men of color play quarterback. And he ended up being one of the best. 17 years in the league and a Pro Football Hall of Famer. 
led the league in passing twice, and he had four 4,000-yard seasons. The first African-American to ever be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame was undrafted. By the New York Giants, he was brought in out of the University of Iowa, played 14 years, Elman Tunnel. Nine Pro Bowls, four All-Pro selections, and 79 career interceptions. And another defensive back went undrafted. Dick Knight Train Lane still holds the NFL record, the rookie record, for, in, for interceptions in a season. In 1952, he picked off 14 passes. And he finished his career with 68 career picks. And then, of course, there's Kurt Warner, who went from sacking groceries, not just getting sacked, but he went to being a, a two-time All-Pro selection and a four-time Pro Bowler. And he went to the Super Bowl three times. He won one with the Rams, and he got there, got back there with the Cardinals, almost beat my Steelers in that same game that James Harrison had that 100-yard interception return. That's that's some great stuff. Good stuff by Gil Brandt. This that article is a little old, but it it just shows you where they were, where they were. So look here. There were, next time you're in Walmart and you walk into the electronics section, check out that giant bargain bin. Some great movies in there, okay? You DVD lovers, you might find a Marquez Colston in that bin. A seventh round pick by the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints out of Hofstra. And the crazy thing is, in spite of catching over 700 passes for nearly 10,000 yards and 72 touchdowns, he never made a Pro Bowl or was an All-Pro. But we know he's scared DBs. Dak Prescott, fourth round pick. Russell Wilson, we know he went in the third. Wasn't even supposed to be the starter for the Seattle Seahawks. George Kittle, Mr. All-Pro tight end for the 49ers. He was a fifth round selection in 2017. Kirk D. Cousins. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Kirk. Yeah. Washington pick Baylor quarterback Robert Griffin III in 2012, number two overall. Fourth round, they took Cousins. Now, I understand he's not an elite quarterback. I get it. But he has averaged over the most over his career 4,223 yards and 28 touchdowns per season. That's not easy to do. I understand building up stats and stuff like that, but that's not easy to do. It's not easy to be successful. I understand the playoff success is not there. I understand also that the primetime success is not exactly there either. But the guy can play. Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, two of the greatest receivers in this league. They're all pro level receivers now. Fifth round picks. And we know why with Tyreek Hill, he had some off the field issues, even since he's been in the league. I pray that he has cleaned it up because so far, so good. We haven't heard anything. David Bakhtiari, Monday night football. I mean, the Packers, who's that left tackle? It's Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari, for, for that time, he's been with the the Green Bay Packers. He was a fourth round selection and he signed a four-year $92 million extension late last year. Oh, he tore up his knee. I get that. Jason Kelsey, he won that Super Bowl as, as all-pro center for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was a sixth rounder. And to wrap all of it up, the Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom in 2011. Check this out. Part of this is just part of them. They took linebacker K.J. Wright. He's a 10-year starter at the time for the Seahawks. 
in the fourth round. They picked up Richard Sherman in the fifth round. And the other corner, Byron Maxwell, he was a sixth rounder. And linebacker Malcolm Smith was a seventh rounder. And all four of these players, they either held a starting or a key backup role when they won the Super Bowl against the, oh God, I hate, I really, really hate talking about that. When they beat Peyton Manning in the Broncos. But look, you cannot sleep on the $5 Walmart DVD bed. And for all you youngins out there who aspire to play professional football, if you're selected in the late rounds, smile. You could join this list as well. All right, that's a wrap. References. Thank you to David Kenyon. Wrote an article, the seven best NFL late round steals in the last 10 years. The best late draft picks in NFL history by Cole McCauley of ClutchPoints.com. The top 30 undrafted players in NFL history by Gil Brandt, the NFL.com. And the 10 based best late round quarterback selections in NFL history by Marcelo Villa of Bleacher Report. And also thanks to Pro Football Hall of Fame.com. This has been the Behind the Mic podcast presented by Belly Up Sports, the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. BellyUpSports.com. Again, check us out out articles as well as podcasts you can hear all of these shows that we have on this network as well as this one especially this one behind the mic come on behind the mic on Spreaker Apple Podcasts Spotify Google Podcasts Amazon Music Stitcher and iHeartRadio tell your friends your family your wife your husband your ex-husband your ex-wife your stepchildren your mama your pappy your grandmama all of them or I will find your house also. Hey, Kirby, I forgot to shout you out last uh, last show. Kirby Gilreath, he's the host of Mama, Somebody Shot the President. I have to give credit because I take requests. I give him credit for the Monday Night Football, the Monday Night Football, seg- uh, not segment, but the show that I did last week. And that was fun. That was really fun talking about Howard Cosell and and all of those guys that put that thing together and thank you Kirby check his show out episode 12 is in the can I'm out Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.